So welcome to episode three of the Women in Sport podcast. This is our menopause special episode. We really want to do something for Menopause Awareness Week and Menopause Awareness Day next month or October the 18th. So we have gathered a few different people from around the UK who work across menopause to talk about the issue and also talk about some of our work because we've done a little bit of work in this area. So I'm going to let everyone introduce themselves. So firstly, over to Heather Curry. Dr. Heather Curry. Hello, I'm Heather. I'm a gynaecologist in Dumfries and I'm a ch- trustee and past chair of the British Menopause Society and founder and MD of Menopause Matters. And Jane? Hello, I'm Jane. I've been in the health and fitness industry 25 years. I'm a clinical exercise specialist and I work with um, cardiac patients and women suffering with osteoporosis as well as general fitness, which brings me to menopause because of highlighting the risk of heart disease and osteoporosis. And Claire. Hi, I'm Claire and I am an insight officer here at Women in Sport. So just here really to talk about some of the findings from our research, which which we did in 2018 around um, women, menopause and exercise. Cool. So we sort of came to do this podcast because um, another member of the Women in Sport team, Liz, was at Jane's event. Um, and it did really spark a bit of correspondence from a few women who'd been at that event and emailed us with a couple of questions. Now, before we get on to those questions, because we've had loads on social media, we wanted to talk about menopause as a whole, because obviously um, not every woman um, is going through this right now, and, and for, it's, it's very different for, for, for different women. It's not, you know, don't have the same symptoms. It really does differ but I was wondering if you Heather could just talk kind of more generally about what menopause is and how it can affect women. So the word menopause actually relates to the final period and although we talk a lot about menopause through the menopause past the menopause that actually is strictly speaking just one point in that transition from having normal menstrual cycles, normal reproductive function through to the time after post-reproductive years we refer to it and it's all about our ovaries so our ovaries have lots of egg cells um, however by the time we're even born the numbers have reduced and to then from puberty up to menopause to produce the normal monthly cycle our ovaries have to develop eggs one or two each month quite a lot develop and then just disintegrate and along with the egg production the ovaries produce hormones hormones particularly oestrogen, the most important one, and then progesterone. And these hormones are stimulating the lining of the womb to become thickened and shed, and the shedding is the period. So to have periods, we have to have normal function of the ovaries and normal production of these hormones. The problem is we run out of egg cells, so our ovaries can't keep working, and we get to the point when, with the lack of egg cells, the ovaries don't produce the hormones, the lining of the womb isn't stimulated, and periods stop. So the period stopping is a key point, but really what the whole consequences of it are about are being low on oestrogen. There are oestrogen receptors all over our body and affect the lack of oestrogen affects women in many different ways. And we can go on to talk about symptoms and I'm sure lots of people are aware of symptoms, but the range of symptoms, the duration and the severity and what the impact of that is, is completely individual. 
So although we use the term menopause a lot, it's actually only one point in the transition from us producing lots of oestrogen to being very low on oestrogen, and that's what's the cause of the consequences of the menopause. And Jane, you kind of have been through your own journey, and that's why you came to writing your blog and you're hosting lots of events for women. So I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about what happened to you and how that inspired you to sort of go on this journey. Um, I have to start with saying I was the most inactive in my whole life probably and I think that's why a lot of my symptoms were so bad. When I was young I was a gymnast, then uh, when I started my career I used to teach up to 30 classes a week. Um, 14 years ago I was hit by a car and it was rather life changing and so I had to give up all of my really physical activity and I was just concentrating on my clinical exercise which was great however I was working with lots of vulnerable older adults and being in severe pain myself um, it was a bit depressive to be honest I was quite I got into a bit of a low so I opened my studio fitness for everybody in London Bridge um, and then I ended up having two shoulder operations the first one I ended up having a frozen shoulder so over just slowly over the years I've become less and less active then I started to notice changes but didn't correlate them to menopause I just thought I was having worse periods you know waking up in the middle of the night having horrendous night sweats um started to get a lot of anxiety and then I had my first panic attack in my studio when I was in with a client I was fine but when the half hour, the hour session was up, I could feel my heart rate increase, my start to flush really badly, and I had a really bad panic attack. So I just actually sat and chatted to my sister, um, and I said, right, I need to talk, I need to talk to myself like I would do a client. So I looked at everything, I noted everything down, and I slowly, slowly just really looked at my activity levels and just every day took tiny little steps, rehab my injuries, then went to the doctor and he told me I was menopausal. So I was quite shocked at 46 because I thought having a magic wand of being in the fitness industry wouldn't happen to me. So that's why I started my blog because it it was really quite life-changing and I did feel quite isolated and alone. And after starting my blog, and I'm quite prolific on Instagram, is just receiving lots and lots of messages. And Greg and I, my husband and I, it affected our relationship quite a lot. Now we're good, but I didn't want to actually tell him that I was menopausal. And he heard me on a radio program and he said to me, oh my goodness, I didn't think you would that, that I didn't think you were suffering so badly. And he just said to me, I didn't think you'd like me anymore. Um, so that was kind of a big turning point. And that's why I try and help as many women about my, my journey. But also, I think the message that women in sport have, that the research that you've undertaken is brilliant because it just mirrors my journey. You know, physical activity made me feel more empowered in control of my menopause symptoms. And how did you go about making those changes? So how did you go about making that how, how did you come to realize that it was exercise that was really improving it like did you go through other stages where you tried this and you tried that and then suddenly it was exercise that was really making the difference exercise as as i know from being a um you know in the industry i know it helps with mental mental health problems and for me that was the real big thing and also painful joints because i just wasn't moving i wasn't mobilizing i wasn't stretching um i wasn't becoming breathless as we know we have feel good 
receptors in our brain, so my endorphins weren't kicking off. I had no serotonin that was being released and no dopamine. Um, and so slowly over time, I mean, the tubes, the chief stair, the stairs here at the tube station is my baseline level. When I first thought, right, I need to get myself sorted, I would take one at a time, which is 102 stairs. At the top, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to die. Um, but now I go up two at a time, and I, if I don't beat the lift, I'm really upset with myself. And my message is, you know, you don't have to go to the gym. You can be physically active, because I know Heather, um, what you were saying at our, the event, that you, what you what you do for your yeah so I live on a farm my husband and I have a farm as a kind of hobby and um, so just general activity doing jobs on the farm is what I rely on um, I probably wouldn't get round to going to a gym if I took a membership I live in the country so the idea of driving into town after coming home from work is a bit of a challenge but I think it doesn't matter what we do it's just encouraging women to do something with this lack of estrogen as I said, all systems in the body can be affected. And one, and Jane's already mentioned the importance of heart health and bone health. And when we become low in estrogen, we increase our risk of heart disease and bone health, bone problems, osteoporosis. And so even if we haven't exercised before, this is the absolute right time to take it up. Um, and just starting, as you said, with small steps and just finding things that you can do and that's sustainable and that you enjoy. It doesn't really matter what it is. There isn't a magic formula, as long as it's something that you can sustain. Because this is absolutely the time to invest in our own health. We're, gonna, we're living longer than ever before, and we want to keep as healthy as possible. And we want to do whatever we can to counteract the effects of being low on estrogen. In Claire, um, Jane mentioned our research, um, which I know Jane's a big fan of. She always gives us a good shout out on social media. And that research was very much a kind of top line look at the positive effect that exercise can have on women who are going through the menopause. So I was wondering if you could just talk about kind of what we found and uh, some, you know, some of the interesting and positive things that have come about. Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, in 2018 we published our research um, and, and through that we spoke to almost 430 women through a survey, um, they responded and we also spoke to almost 30 women in focus groups. Um, so some of the key findings from that is that yeah, almost a third of those women who we surveyed were less physically active um, throughout you know, perimenopause and throughout their menopause. But actually, a large proportion, 84%, wanted to be more active. So there, there is that desire there. But for many of them, it was quite a confusing time, changes in their body, not sure you know, what was safe, conflicting advice from different people. So it just goes to show that there is a desire there, but there is a need for more support for women around this time. Um, and so other key findings, um, it was kind of like this time of, of loss for women, but it was also a time of real opportunity as well, a time when women were kind of looking at their lives, re-evaluating a bit. And so for women who either were continuing, who were already active or re-engaged with some activity, it was like an empowering time for them. Um, but it's also a good opportunity for those women that aren't less active. It's a perfect time for them to be supported, to re-engage with activity. 
um, because they're kind of open to change. They're kind of moving into sort of a, a new phase in their life. They may have more time for themselves. You know, they've got over the kind of the young children. Um, it's, you know, a way for them to kind of focus a bit more on themselves. And we're obviously looking to kind of progress this work. Uh, yeah. What have women's sport got lined up in terms of exploring other areas as well? Well, obviously, we're a charity, so we're, um, this is a key area of work that we want to take forward. So at the moment, we're um, trying to source opportunities to take this into the next stage. So that would be um, working with a smaller group of women and partnering with some um, other um, kind of sports organisations um, to like follow women's journeys um, throughout the menopause. But we, as yet, we haven't actually secured the funding but that's kind of where we want to go um so i've been doing a little bit of my own research um visited one or two well one menopause cafe um with women um who meet up every couple of months to talk about the menopause and get um support from each other and heather what do you think coming from a kind of a research point um where do you think the gaps are right now um i think jane highlighted one of the gaps in that you were quite surprised when you were told at 46 you were menopausal. So I think one of the gaps is getting information to women early. And I was delighted to hear that there has been um, a recommendation that menopause should be part of the school curriculum, which is fantastic. So, you know, we talked about puberty and pregnancy and all that kind of stuff, but menopause has been kind of missed out. But so, so getting the information earlier so that women know what to look out for. Um, whatever they choose to manage their menopause it's recognize it in the first place is the most important thing because if someone is really struggling if they don't themselves recognize what's causing them to struggle as hormonal they may not then go down the right path so for example if they choose to go and see the gp we a we would we hope that if not already in the future every gp practice will have someone who's particularly interested in the hormonal issues but if the, if the woman themselves doesn't know to ask for that person, then they might not get consistent advice. So, so it's knowing what to look out for and what to recognise that the first part is, is why there's, it's fantastic now that there's lots of groups providing information about women, but they still have to know what to look for to know that group's relevant for me or that website's relevant for me. I think that's something we just need to focus on more and more. Jane, anything to well, add? Yeah, I think I say the word menopause, I'm sure you do, Heather, many times in the day, but I, I, I go into different places and talk about menopause at work or talk about health-related, or um, and I'm still blown away by women that come up to me after and say, oh my goodness, I thought I was going mad about dementia, or, you know, it, it's still there's still so many women that are isolated. Um, my platform, my blog is called Menno and Me, and I, I, every day on Instagram, and I've got a weekly blog, but I've also started something called Menopause Active. Because of, I used to work in the NHS many years ago, I worked for Wanted Primary Care Trust, and we did something similar for Therapy 65s. So basically I'm training up volunteers all across the country, women that feel empowered and in control of their menopause symptoms through physical activity. And I find this uh, demographic of women a great support because they know what it's like to feel quite low and quite isolated and in pain. 
So we've got at the minute about 25 across the country and they're just, just women that want to help other women. And it's been a learning curve for me because I did, I thought it was a very, very basic program and a lot of women was, oh, it's too much, it's too much. My, my message was, do you know, it doesn't matter. Just go, just meet up together, go for a walk, just build a community, then have a cuppa and have a chat afterwards. So it's getting those women that walking, which will help with their heart health and mental health. And then some women are already quite confident, so it's just evidence-based exercise. I worked with a doctor many years ago in a falls program, falls prevention program, um, and she piloted it many years ago. And it's evidence-based exercise, simple, simple stuff that targets your hips, wrist and spine, which you may sites of osteoporosis. And one of the main things about our podcast is we really want to take kind of our followers and kind of those who engage women in sport and take their thoughts and their questions. Um, and I did mention that the event that you were part of, Jane, really did kind of spur a lot of conversation. So I've pulled a few from our social media and our email, um, and I'm going to put it to you guys and everyone feel free to kind of chime in with what you think is your best area of expertise. But um, one of the questions we got really soon after your event was from a woman called Sally on email. And she was looking for advice because she is a regular gym goer, um, but because of her menopause, she's getting really painful joints, um, the worst of it being around her neck. So she is unsure of what exercises could help her, and she's just looking for any advice. And I feel like, Jane, this would be maybe your... Okay, I think I've got something to add, and I think Heather might want to add something as well. Um, because of what happens in our bodies, now's the time to embrace change. It can be quite hard. So looking, it's hard without knowing the case, you know, her, her history and what she does, but perhaps look at taking out impact if she's doing any impact work. Is she doing lots of stretching? Because stretching over, stretching the muscles can really help with pain. Um, there is specific neck strengthening exercises we can do. So what I'm gonna do, Sally, if you follow me on Instagram, I will do myself a note and I'll do a little video this week to put on there. Really simple stuff you can do with a small ball. Um, Lots of stretching, lots of mobility, strengthening for sure, taking away impact, but also how, because of what happens to our hormones and our adrenals, it's good to be kinder to ourselves. So do a little bit of slower exercise. And if you're feeling quite, I say bonkers, is perhaps try and think about doing some stillness and meditation. I've taken up meditation the last couple of years and my goodness, it's helped me quite a bit. And I think Heather might want to add something. So the other side of that is is the joint aches is actually a really common menopausal symptom and often people don't recognise that. Why would you think that your joints are hormonally connected? But as I said, you know, oestrogen has an effect all over the body. So some women would choose to go on to it to take HRT, which aims to replace the oestrogen, and that can be really beneficial for the joint aches. I completely go with what Jane says about the exercises to help but the other thing to consider is a treatment for the symptoms and that kind of leads on to our next question which was from patrice and i actually followed up to get a little bit more information from her because i know jane you wanted i did mention her a question to you and she is someone that does take hrt and she's having trouble sleeping she said that she doesn't have any problem dropping off to sleep but she wakes up after about three hours usually around 3 a.m. slash 4 a.m. and cannot get back to sleep. She also gets very hot um, at night, which doesn't help. So I was wondering if you had any advice on that. I have, and I know Heather's going to 
because I've been there as well. Again, is I wrote a blog, Why I Feared My Bed, I think it was about a year and a half ago, because I did fear my bed. I was, I was experiencing the same symptoms. So I just got myself sorted where I, I would download an app, have my earphones ready, um, but also practice a lot of meditation, looked at my diet, as well as not exercising later part of the day. That can sort of contribute to waking up making sure you're still no blue lights towards the end of the day so if you want to because it, it, it really affects the brain even the blue lights waking up but i think there is a big big light bulb here that heather can <laughs> if you're on hrt so, do you, heather? yeah so the other ex aspect is is the hrt doing what it's meant to be doing um sleep disturbance is really common and again isn't something people would expect you know the most common menopausal symptoms are flushes and sweats, and that's what women are prepared for and looking out for. But the sleep disturbance, the mood changes, the fatigue, the joint aches often hits them completely by shock. So if the sleep disturbance is due to being having been too hot at night, the flushes and sweats, then correcting those can help with the sleep. But research has shown that sometimes people wake before they have the flush or the sweat, so it's not completely controlled. Um, if the HRT is appropriate and fine-tuned to be fully controlling symptoms, then it may help if the disturbance is due to the, the flushes and the sweats. But it, it can be, it's very common, it can be really distressing and can add to the fatigue and the mood changes the following day. But it certainly would be worth having a review of, am I on the right kind of HRT? Is this as good as it can be? And then the other factors that Jane mentioned. On the Women's Health Concern website, which is a patient arm of the British Menopause Society, there is a useful fact sheet around sleep um, menopause and, and sleep disturbance. Some of the things that Jane's mentioned are on there, but just simple, um, simple messages. Cognitive behavioural therapy is really, really helpful, and there's a really good fact sheet about that as well. And another sort of HRT-related question. Um, Suki's got in touch by email and has talked to us. This is actually about antidepressants. But um, she said, what helps for menopausal mood swings if antidepressants don't work? Actually, there has been an increase in prescribing of antidepressants in the years while the prescribing of HRT has decreased. And you can understand if the main factor is, is depression, anxiety, is mood changes, then unless you realise it's hormonally related, often due to the timing, then there's a natural. Then it's understandable that sometimes people will be offered antidepressants. But actually, if it is hormonally related, then HRT is actually more effective than antidepressants at that stage. And the NICE guideline, which was published um, in 2015 on diagnosis and management of menopause, does recommend to offer HRT or cognitive behavioural therapy for the menopausal mood changes. And I just know from my personal experience and professional experience, I mean, before I went on holiday, you know, it's like when you go away, your diary's jam-packed full. And on the Thursday, I just thought, oh, my God, and I had that feeling of ants crawling over my skin. I just couldn't concentrate. And I just looked at my diary and looked at my week, and I hadn't actually got on my bike. I normally my studio between clients, even it's 20 minutes, do my meditation or just still. I hadn't done anything for about five days. And it was just that light bulb moment, and I just said, oh, that, that's it, you know. It has a huge effect on my mood. <laughs> and bringing it back to sport, um, Kath on Facebook has asked, 
How come menopause? How does menopause symptoms such as hot flushes, chronic insomnia, anxiety, loss of confidence affect women's ability to take part in sports? I think it's that chicken and the egg, isn't it? It's the chicken and the egg, and I think if you just take small, small steps, then that will make a huge difference to how you're feeling. Um, so it's you have to really embrace that. You know all right, you don't want to do this, you want to lie under the duvet or have that cup of coffee with a biscuit, but actually getting out and moving will really, really help. Absolutely. I think there are... So so people, that women that are in a sport, I think the symptoms are bound to affect their performance. But as Jane said, it's then just the taking the small steps just to start. If it's just going for a walk, whatever it is, to gradually get back... And so sorry, just to add something there. I was talking at a police event last year, and sometimes making small changes to perhaps a program because anxiety can be so overwhelming. So the police in Northamptonshire, they looked at their records and couldn't work out why women of a certain age wasn't turning up for their fitness tests. And when they they talked to them, they found out their anxiety was so bad because they was pitching up against younger male PCs. They changed the time of their fitness tests. Um, they did really well, but that tiny bit of anxiety, they took that away and made a huge difference. So it's just kind of dissecting what it is that they're feeling anxious about or they feel they can't overcome. It might be something really small that could make a huge difference. A reasonable adjustment, a small reasonable adjustment could make a huge difference. I, yeah, I just wanted to add that, you know, the women that we spoke to in the research, um, you know, obviously feeling tired, um, lower energy levels are a massive thing with the menopause. Um, but the, some of the women that we spoke to who did um, stay active just talked about how exercise actually, instead of making them feel more tired, just actually increased the energy levels and they, they felt less tired. This might be a bit too specific, but um, Kathy, I think she reached out on Twitter. She said, please ask whether there are any forms of HRT which don't cause fatigue. Um, Heather, I don't know if you've got any <laughs> guidance on that. Jane's, Jane's covered her, <laughs> her mouth with her T-shirt. Which Normally, if the fatigue is menopause-related, is estrogen deficiency-related, the HRT should be helpful. And so... I would want to then have a think about what other symptoms are there. Is it still that there is sleep disturbance, which we know HRT doesn't always help the sleep disturbance. Is it that that's causing the fatigue? We need to tease it out a little bit more, really. But HRT shouldn't cause fatigue. If anything, it should help if it's the appropriate type or route or dose for the individual. And you know, I, I talked about how women are affected very differently, how they respond to treatment if they choose to take treatment is also very, very different and very individual. So we do have uh, different brands, different types, different routes, different dosages. Um, there's actually a big problem with shortage of certain types at the moment. So some people are having to change the types because of availability issues. But usually if you do a bit of tweaking, a bit of fine tuning, and you focus on what are the symptoms, what are we trying to treat? And remember, HRT will help the symptoms that are due to the lack of estrogen but it won't it isn't an answer to everything and maybe there is some other underlying problem which hrt isn't actually going to help yeah and can i can i just can i just ask how closely related is the thyroid to 
menopause because I get lots of messages from women to say they've entered menopause and they've also have a lot of thyroid issues. Is that closely related or is it just an age thing? Or is it just So the age group, um, thyroid dysfunction is not uncommon and we wouldn't routinely test for that unless from the history you're picking up indications that it may be more thyroid related than menopause, oestrogen deficiency related. And also it's something that you would rule out if someone did choose to take treatment, but they weren't responding it in the way that you might expect them to, you would then think, is there something else going on? Mm. And you might check for it then. Also as well, what I found, I've got a close Facebook group, Men Are Me, Ages Goddesses, and uh, a lot of the time I think women put everything down to menopause. Yeah. And my, my thing is, go to your GP and have a chat, because it might not be menopause related. So, I mean, sometimes it's yeah. life. I mean, you talked yeah. about your diary there the week before your holiday. Mine's pretty much the same. And, and sometimes you think, why are we doing this to ourselves? Yeah. Why? We just expect far too much of us, you know? Yeah. And so it is important to just step back a bit, be a bit kinder to yourself yeah. and think, actually, no, I need to just slow down a little bit. Yeah, and it's okay to say no. And my, my thing is, nobody's going to look after you better than you and you can't pour from an empty cup because we are the sandwich generation a lot of us and we've just got so much more plates to spin um so you know i think women are a little bit too hard on themselves sometimes definitely <laughs> and this will be our last question because we want to keep it nice and short for everyone listening um we have susanna from twitter who's asked what are the most beneficial forms of exercise to keep down body fat whilst going through menopause gotta be weight training resistance training it could be your own body weight resistance bands bottles of water fixed resistance in the gym um anything that's going to really powerhouse those muscles because that's going to help if you've got a healthy stronger tone muscle it burns fat at rest but also it's going to help with the bone health but of course becoming breathless is a must as well it's an important question actually because another thing that happens related to lack of estrogen is our fat distribution change changes so so while we previously are the pear shape with fat more around the hips with the lack of estrogen there is a bit of change in our metabolism and where we laid down the fat and it tends to go more in the middle and you get that horrible put your jeans on and this bit hanging over the top it's disgusting and it just it just affects how you feel but that is a cardiovascular risk actually so that's more of the apple shape um which is, tends to be more what the men tend to be like and and so tackling that with any type of exercise so jane's more expert me on the types i would say anything as long as you're moving anything would be good just to help keep that under control yeah. well thanks so much guys i think we will definitely do another menopause episode because we've had so many people write in and i'm sure off the back of this we'll have tons more questions and hopefully when we have some more work coming out if someone wants to fund this piece of work um, then we can also talk a little bit more about menopause and exercise and, and menopause in general because it is something that you know will affect every woman um, and so it's really important that like you said Heather like we talk about puberty we talk about pregnancy you know we need to talk about this openly uh, and start the conversation so thank you everyone for listening um, as always contact us via the support inbox support at womeninsport.org or also get in touch with us on social media and we love your feedback and we want to hear your questions so please do reach out and thanks for listening